Episode number 28, Brother Blue, Street Storytelling and More. Thank you, my dear brother. What a beautiful soul. All children love stories. Folk tales. They are messages from our ancestors. Then you have come to the right place. We will have a storyteller in every school. Storytelling can teach. You have that openness of a child. Good on you, Eric, for doing what you're doing. That's a great question. Thank you. I'm inspired just to be here. I'm really honored to be here. We tell stories. Know yourself. Follow your passion. And live with grace. Hey, welcome again to the Art of Storytelling (laughs) with Children. This is Eric Wolf, known as Brother Wolf to thousands of children all around the United States. And I have with me right now on the line Brother Blue (laughs) from Boston Central. And, uh, or from Cambridge area. And (laughs) I... I am so thrilled that Brother Blue has come on the show today. I am so touched that Brother Blue has come on. That, and I was I was talking to somebody right before the call, and I was telling them that guests feel bad, but I hope they won't be partial if I say that this is, without even knowing how the interview goes yet, but this is my favorite interview so far. And this is interview number 27. Yeah. And because... All the other storytellers, they were all very influential, and they were all really wonderful, and they were good storytellers, and they had their stuff together, and they were great, and they were wonderful. But, you see, I'm Brother Wolf, and I'm Brother Wolf for a reason. I'm Brother Wolf because a few years ago, I went to um, Vermont, and when I was in Vermont, I went to Bread and Puppet. And when I was in Bread and Puppet, I was wandering around, and I saw this guy standing on a corner telling stories to a crowd of 80 people. And I looked at the program and he wasn't he wasn't really he, he wasn't scheduled for that time slot. <laughs> he was just doing it. And he had his scheduled time slot too, but he was just doing it. And I I am sad to say that I only saw him on Sunday cuz I got caught him at the end of the day on Saturday. So I got 20 minutes on Saturday and then I got all day Sunday cuz I stayed there all day Sunday and watched him. And in that time that I watched him I mean, that was really the only exposure I had to Brother Blue. But in that time, I got more more um, permission to be the storyteller that I am than in all the workshops, all the trainings, all the coaching, all the acting classes, all the... Okay, none of that compares to that little bit of time that I just got to watch him. Because Brother Blue is a free spirit. And he's one of those people who has really impacted the New England storytelling movement and who has really um, arisen like a a bright Mm. blue flame, you know? Wow. Mm. And so let me go into the concrete of who Brother Blue is and where he comes (laughs) from. So uh, Dr. Hugh Morgan Hill, who is married to the brilliant Ruth Hill, everyone knows him as Brother Blue. He, He says he wants his stories to be the bread for the mind, the imagination, the heart, and the soul. And he also says, I speak my stories from the middle of the middle of me to the middle of the middle of you. Brother Blue received his undergraduate degree from Harvard College with honors and a master's degree from Yale School of Drama. For his Ph.D. degree from the Union Institute, his final presentation of a project demonstration excellence was Soul Shout, a storytelling Mm. concert in prison accompanied by a musical band of some 20 inmates. He's told all over the world, I could talk for the entire show about all the things he's done. I'd rather talk to him, though. But I will say this. He's performed at Jonesboro, but I don't think that really matters. (laughs) I mean, some storytellers, you know, they perform at Jonesboro. It's like, wow, I've performed at Jonesboro. Brother Blue, it's like, oh, yeah, I've performed at Jonesboro, too. He performed at the, um, one of these really, I have to find the exact quote here. uh, Brother Blue, it was the world, oh, the UNICEF Pavilion of the 1984 World's Fair in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool right there. And again, I can just go on and on. So, Brother Blue, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, my dear brother. What a beautiful soul. You're a beautiful cat, man. I can tell that's all there. You have that openness of a child. You have the delicacy of a butterfly. You're a very beautiful person. I really like you so much. You know something? Do you ever see the the movie of uh, um, Beauty and the Beast? 
Oh yeah. Did you ever see King King Kong? The old oh, yeah. the old movie. The old one, the black and I'm, white. Yeah, it was done in the thirties. I'm like King Kong. I swear. I'm sort of a wild, rough, unfinished thing. But I loved hard, you know. So I'm King Kong and my Lady Ruth, she's beauty. And she's so beautiful. I like the way you spoke of your wife, by the way. We're soul brothers in that respect. Well, the thing is that's important for this conversation that that the listener know is that Ruth Hill (laughs) is right in the background right now and that she may come online at any point because she's... She, as Brother Blue says, is his partner. So, um, Brother Blue, one of the things you just said, I want to go to the story because I always ask that question yes, first, but right, I have to say right, this first. Uh, before I say right. that, before I say that, okay, to me, no. what you just said about being raw and wild, all right. to me, that's like the ultimate fairy magic. I'll do a that's little thing for you here. I'll do a little thing for you here. Oh, my darlings, come close. Let me whisper to you. Ruth is the storyteller. I'm just her fool. See, I, I outmerged myself. You don't have to talk. Not till it's the rain or snow, you know. Take your eyes off Blue. Don't listen to Blue. Just look at Ruth. She don't have to talk because she's real. I love the real. I love the natural. We travel all over the world together. We go to jails. When she comes in, everything gets quiet. The brothers sit down. They clear up a space for her to sit down, and they listen to her just the way she looks and breathes. Of course, she's true. She's natural. That's why I love that woman. And I pray that someday I'll be able to be like her. I won't have to talk at all. Just come in. They'll get the feeling. She is the story. The natural. Like a drop of rain in the summertime. Or the wind blowing some snow into your eye. You're looking through a rainbow. She said, it's all true. If anybody asks you about me, say, Ruth is the wings beneath his wings. She don't have to speak. She is it. It's truth. And the truth is the truth is the truth. It's so beautiful. It's natural as a rock. Or flower. Now, I gave it to you. That's the truth. My my speaker of rules. She's the most beautiful woman. My angel. If wasn't for her, I would have been gone long ago. Seriously. I like your quality. You come across. I can just see you. You know. You spun a a delicate web there and caught my heart and the things you said. So today I was out in the street. It was kind of a cloudy day. I did a little stuff in the street. I was at Harvard Square. I just moving around the street. And I told a story from my soul. Stuff I do, I call it cosmic jazz. That is, I'm trying to do something that's in sync with the weather, the sky, whether it's gray or blue, whether it's warm or cold. I don't prepare it ahead of time. I call it grooving with the universe. Does that sound crazy? No. So I was out there today, and I saw how beautiful it was. And the first thing I did, I took my harp, my harp, my blues harp, and I blew a little music because I thought it was going to rain. And I did a little thing. The rainy day blues at Harvard Square. I invented it, y'all, right on the spot. Can I run it down for you? Can I get mm-hmm. a, give you a taste of it? Yeah, go ahead. Go like this here. It's a rainy day at Harvard Square. All the pretty people be out there under that sky. And I could hear the music of the rain about to fall, y'all. It was a blues day. I blowed my harp just a little. Little muddy waters in there. But past the muddy water, there was the butterfly so beautiful. This morning, this lovely day, I thought of the caterpillar come my way. Some time ago, little thing crying, he want to go flying. Don't know his heritage, he don't know what he's doing. But like that caterpillar, I want a boogie. Come on. Caterpillar cried something like, can you hear it softly, softly, softly now? That cry. Guess who heard the caterpillar at the square, y'all? 
the one that made the square, who breathed out the air, the stars, the wind, the sea, heard the poor caterpillar. And the one that made all this stuff whispered to the caterpillar, Get yourself a house, you fool. Get out the coal. The caterpillar made something you call cocoon. You call it chrysalis. He called that his his pad, his crib, his studio. He began to practice night and day. Like cold train, like bird. Have you heard? <laughs> Little blues from Muddy Waters. He got it, that little Mozart. One morning he was ready. And the one that made the square, one who breathed the music into the air, we're all music, said, I'm giving you something now you've been crying for. And the creator kissed this caterpillar. Gave him two things called wings. The caterpillar lost his mind. He went crazy. He jumped up in the sky, hip-hopping, bopping past the stars. That's the story, y'all. Inside of all of us, there's the music. We are more than we appear to be. We're going through changes. It's called metamorphosis. There's one story for all of us. It's at the square where the people go to and fro. It's the crossroads of the world, y'all. Of the hearts, the minds. I go out day. In the rain, the snow, in the summer, in the storm. And something come through me. I try to die into the sky. Something come through me like a butterfly. It's called metamorphosis. Yo, my darlings, I love you. You see me out there in the open air. I've been trying to call you. I know your name inside your name. No tongue can speak it. It's glorious. It's beautiful. It's magic. We're going through changes. It's called metamorphosis. Oh, my darlings, you are more than your name. Past the caterpillar crawling, calling, there's something that will rise in beauty. All come from heaven, you know. I know where you come from, where you're going. Got to be heaven at the square. It's all holy. In the street, from the subway, in the jailhouse, too. Can I whisper something to you? I love you more than I can possibly say. What's your name? Something like love. Beauty, truth. Who can speak the beauty? I know where you come from, where you're going. I got to be heaven. At the square. Street corner gospel out there. It's so. Don't make your mama cry. God don't like it. Neither do I. I'm the beast talking to you, beauty. Did I come through all right? Yeah, you sound great. Um, <laughs> so here's the here's the thing though, like when you What's okay, that? if if I do this on the street, like I don't have an instrument, so maybe it would help me if I had an instrument. That's an important part of telling stories on the street is having that. There's something in you that's so delicate as you're talking. You are the visible butterfly. I can just talk the way you you talk. You have that lightness that it's a thing that children have often. You see them out there at the square. Um, this, this, you're spinning a web. You, you want you want to know how to tell on the street. This is going to sound extreme. I hope you don't mind. No, no, go right. You have, you have to do it under the power of something beyond naming. A force comes through you. This past the mind. The, the human mind cannot figure, figure out what to say or do. But something will come through you. Like in the physical world, we speak of the quantum leap in physics. Well, something happens in you. You jump past what you can reason out. I'm all about that. When I'm telling to an audience, I'm always looking for that place. It's more yes, than yes. me and them. It's more than just the little pieces of us separate. It's all of us and then something else that's in that room. Um, but when I'm on the street, it's, it's not as easy for me. It's like it's you know it's I've done yes. that you know where you're like mm. trying to tell and then people are just walking by and they're looking at you funny and you feel mm. uncomfortable and and I, I really want to know how do you how do you like when you're doing your thing on the street 
and everybody looks at you like, what's that kooky old guy first audience? And how do you how do you get over that hump? You know what, my my dear brother, it's not me. I open up something more through me. Yeah. That I can't understand. My mind. When you're talking to people, you don't know what's going on inside them. As for you, you, you there's something that comes through. It's very um. It's kind of a, an innocence. It's something pure. The way you sound, the way you look, you're like the butterfly in winter snow. It's like summer. But I, want, I want to do something right now. I'm going to try something. I'm going to get my lady to read something to you because I can't. Look, I don't want to be corny. The average person, be, pra- oh, be, be practical. <laughs> I'm going to do something practical. What's this? Ruth, my darling, would you read something here? I don't want to read it because it's embarrassing. Well, uh, read this little thing that someone said about this fool called Blue, and I, I'm, I just lose my mind. Let something else come through me. Maybe Ruth could read that. Would you like to? That's Ruth? all right. That's fine. Go ahead. I wrote a message for him to be practical, which meant, you know, how do you get attention? How do you get people to stop on the street and listen to you? So maybe you'll go back to that and. Uh, in a little while and see what happens. <laughs> so there's something um, in the Harvard University Gazette about five, five or six years ago, and uh, so the person said how um, messy, messy, evocative, inspired stream. Uh, so they call uh, channeling God, Shakespeare, and James Brown simultaneously. Tambourine and hand, harmonica and pocket, be ribboned, butterfly festooned. One man multimedia show, world of riffing, rhyming, finger snapping, and foot stomping. <laughs> so that that's what's happening on the street to to get people's attention. But I'll turn this back to him, and you can ask him again, whatever. <laughs> By the way, um, to put it, I put it directly. I don't want to embarrass anybody, but this is the way I feel. Um, it's not me. I'm just a fool out there. But uh, I, I yield to something that I can't explain. It comes through me. It'll be something that some force knows I should say it. Tells me how to say it. It comes through my body. And uh, I always precede any performance with sort of a prayer. In fact, there's a way of life. I may say this to all of you. Everybody wants to know this. I live a life of uh, complete dedication. That's like it sounds crazy. Constant, constantly being open to the force, the universe. It'll come through me and take me to a place past what I can, past what I can understand. The human mind doesn't have the capacity to figure out. What's the proper thing to do at the moment? It's like cosmic jazz. For instance, I was out in the street today. A couple of people walked around with me, and we went up in a very high building to the rooftop, looking over Cambridge. For Cambridge, for the world, from that rooftop. And I improvised the story. When high on that building, on the rooftop, the kind of thing you would say if you wanted all the world to hear it and be blessed by it when there's threatening rain, you know. <laughs> a rainy day song for all of us. And it came out. It was real, you know. It's like if you're into jazz, you know, you don't know what you're going to do till you do it, but you yield to that power and serve it. You know, in, in physics, on the physical level, there's that great, they call it the quantum leap. Suddenly things will happen. If you're looking, for instance, at um, particles, you get to a certain point where things start happening before your eyes as you're looking that are surprising while you're looking. It's like it's called the quantum leap in physics. The same thing could happen in the mind. After the mind has reasoned all it can, you've checked, you've tried to figure out what to do, if you really mean it with your whole being, you yield to a force that's past what you can reason out. Past the reasoning of the mind, 
past the ready affection of the heart. Something will come to you so you can love the one hour past your knowing. And things will happen around you. You can't explain it. Be under the power. I think a storyteller, for me anyway, a true storyteller is constantly listening for, yielding to a power that's beyond any organized religion. It's just do the work like I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you as though you're my own kid, my grandchild. That I, I'm your, like I'm your grandfather and I love you. I want to give you something whether you... you uh, it's I'm, not I'm important highly, that you remember me. I'm extremely but confident. I'm trying to talk from my heart. Now, Edison, brother, a great philosopher, Pascal, said long ago, the heart has reason that the reason knows not of. And I say, I say, there's something that the reason knows not of, past what the heart can feel. It's a kind of love, but it's not sentimental. It's not saccharine. Ruth and I go to, we go to prisons, we go to hospitals, we go to people who are about to die. Share stories or before a child is born to, to the child in the womb. You come to that person with a love, well, if you want to try to put it in terms of its past words, like a love like God's love, sort of its past. You can love the one that hates you. I go to a lot of prisons to share stories, poetry, songs, and when we come in there, I've already prepared myself to look at this person and listen as though I'm listening to God. As I'm talking to you now, I feel I'm talking to God. I just use that term, but it's past terms. I'm not trying to figure this stuff out. It's past my figuring out, Bob. I consider our meeting a kiss of heaven. You have an issue, but as I see you in my heart, you have the most uh, sensitive you're spinning a web. You're like a spider or maybe I'll say a butterfly. And that's more powerful than all the powers of, of destruction, past all the, the weapons of war, past bombs, past explosions. There's something in you that melts the heart. So, so what, the I, I, what I hear you saying, pure. Hmm? what I hear you saying is that a storyteller on the street is a really good listener. They're listening so well they can hear the faint the faint murmurs of their own heart. They can hear the faint the faint feelings of that intuition, that connection with the love that binds us all yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. they can hear that and yes. and they aren't getting caught up yes, in this yes. hard, cruel, yes. you know, physical urban yeah. reality that they may be telling mm. in. And mm. they're just they're mm. just faintly mm. into this web and it doesn't matter if the audience is physical or if it's spiritual, oh. if it's just spirits and fairies, yes, whatever, yes. it doesn't matter if That's it's a true. bunch of people or it, that that what matters is that you're present for yeah. that story. You're, you're very wise in your heart, you know. <laughs> I often th- think to myself that we are all like music from heaven's horn, even before we take on a body. We have this music in us, and and we take on bodies. Or you can say the chrysalis, the cocoon, this garment, this house of earth. It's got to go. The fire can burn this body to ashes, but there's something in us. It can't die. It's immortal. The flood can't drown. It drowns the flood. What is it? We can't name this. But it's some kind of, it's past sticky sentimental love. You can love the stranger or the one that hates you. And that's a gift that looks like being kissed from heaven. I think our meeting was meant to be that we should share this over the phone because there you are at a distance, and you are what I'm talking about. I can just tell from the way you're sort of you're very sweet, you know. And even the way you speak of your lady, the way you said that about her beauty, I feel that way about Ruth, you know. And she makes she keeps me in this world because she's the real thing. I'll tell you that's the truth. I tell people take your eyes off of Blue. Don't listen to Blue. Just look at Ruth. You'll get something. Past theatrical skill, she's real. She keeps me in this world. She reminds me of something of a love that is as natural as wind. 
as the rain as the snow. You know, I like to work in, in blizzards. <laughs> I like to, I like to tell stories in the snow to the wolf dog. I like to do that stuff. Or in Africa. You ever been to Africa, my brother? My parents were married in Africa. Oh, just Africa. I love to be out with they, those animals. They were in the Peace Corps in Tanzania and yeah, Kenya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I went to that jail where they kept Mandela for many years and told stories through the bars, you know, mm. into the jail where he was. His spirit is everywhere in the world. So I, I, I'm going to give the phone. By the way, well, I let me ask you. Let me ask there. you a question, Brother Blue. Yes? Let me ask you a question, though. Um, I don't have any instrument skill or ability instrument is an important part of street storytelling. Could I do something else that has a little bit of flair to get that initial attention? I mean, maybe a flag I could twirl? or I mean, I could have a set of bells? I don't know. <laughs> well, I've heard you now. You asked, you asked a great question, you asked. I used to have uh, a drum I used a lot. Um, uh-huh. uh, I used to play trumpet. I did that a lot. I practiced so hard I broke something in myself. Made my heart, and and I played with bells. I've used bells. I've used tambourines. I break this harp I've been blowing. I broke that look. I break everything. I I just go completely. But I'll tell you what I want to say to you, dear brother. You are the instrument, the human body. The human body is the instrument given us by the universe. And most of the time, I don't. Use, I don't even use a harmonica. I say, "This is my. I'm the poor man's band. The fingers on my hand for my rhythms. I'm stomping, often barefoot in the street. My body is my drum, hollow. I got the rhythm. All I need is a place to stand or sit or lay down. I'm the poor man's band. Come on." These fingers on my hand, my shoes, my blue suede shoes, I got them in Memphis, y'all. But in the summertime, I go barefoot in the rain, in the sweet green fields, dancing through the flowers without touching them. The body is the instrument, full of sounds, y'all. The human breath, come on, babies. If you're with the one you love, you listen to the music while they be sleeping. That instrument, the body, it's the poor man's band. All you need is a little percussion, fingers on your hand, come on. Sound of your bones. It's called a poor man's band. Just get a place to stand or lay down. And you can melt the snow, go through the rain. You can bring the rainbow to the rainbow called the human race. <laughs> I want to say something else to your brother. You can't keep a brother down. We're soulmates right now. We are soulmates. I'm going to give the phone to Ruth. I was just going to throw in a little bit about his getting started. We'll walk down the street, and he'll suddenly say, you know, I think I'd like to tell some stories. And he'll just sort of stop and say, and yell sort of, hey, everybody, gather around. I've got a story for you. And, And so I'm usually with him. So if I will sit down and start listening, then other people start listening. But it's hard if you don't have that one person to talk to in a way. Mm. Okay, passing the phone back. So, hey, folks. Uh, oh, Ruth's going in the kitchen. I'm sorry she's gone. Whenever she leaves me, I feel lonely, I'm telling you. <laughs> i tell you, folks, you know, uh, Ruth and I have been at Cabot House here at Harvard for many, many years. We're like a... Uh, storytellers, poets, and residents, and we do a lot of, um, for many years, workshops and working with the students at the university, but also in the street corner and um, wherever, in many prisons. And um, I'll tell you something, darlings. I hope you understand me. To do this kind of work is past happiness. You you give it with all your being, but you feel that you're doing the will of of the artist or the poet, the storyteller that spoke out the universe. You're in sync with the cosmos, you know. You feel so, uh, you feel something's working through you, you know. It's the hardest work in the world, but it makes you feel so happy, you know. It's the blessing of God. It's love, that's what it's love. It's just love, you know. 
So I'm going to back off now. So I haven't abandoned him. Oh, I'm glad she's there. Well, I just went on the extension phone so I could find out what was happening. I outmarried myself, folks. I don't know what. Ruth is way past me. I'm just a fool, but I'm learning from her how to be the real thing. He's listening to the art of storytelling with children. <laughs> yeah, I'm listening to the art of storytelling with children. Pardon me, but you are listening to the art of storytelling with children. And I hope you all stay tuned. This is Judith Black. You don't dress in your costume, but you are just dressed sort of in the everyday man outfit. You know, the t-shirt and the jeans, you know. And you go out well, and you try to tell stories without the outfit. Does it make a big difference in terms of the crowd coming in? Ruth, my darling? No, because... She can explain you... this to you. She knows stuff. She, she's more articulate than I am on that on that particular thing you're talking about. No, when we're walking down the street, we have come from my office and heading out to buy the newspaper is what I think we're doing. So he's just dressed in ordinary street clothes or or as ordinary as he's likely to wear. But he doesn't have the bells, the ribbons, the balloons, the tambourine, and all that stuff on. But he'll still suddenly stop and say, oh, I feel like telling a story. And uh, I'll sit down, and he'll start telling me a story and do his gather around everybody, uh, have a story to tell. And and pretty soon you have uh, other people who have stopped to listen. But So, yeah, he does it just without any any costume on. When I'm talking to children, though, I'll, I'll come out with uh, bells and ribbons and uh, uh, bells on my fingers, on my toes, on my clothes, and I'll have all kind of all kind of ribbons falling in all directions, and I I have butterflies on my hands, on my face, and I become like a a, um, a, 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 a dancing clown, I guess. Uh, especially if you're talking to children from different parts of the world, there are a lot of many cultures here around. Harvard Square in Cambridge, actually. People here from all over the world, and when I go to them, I might just become a, a, a Christmas tree for them or let them decorate me or something. And I, play, I get down on the floor, you know, and crawl around and laugh and play. So I'll do whatever is necessary. I've, been, I've done it all. I've done it all. I've gone to, I've worked in, you know, I've always thought that the circus is a great place to work, except that I don't like the cruelty to animals. I've always figured animals are mistreated, you know. Well, there are circuses without animals. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, I'm going to fall back and let Ruth do some talk. Listen to Ruth, y'all. She's she's the real thing. So what else would you like to know (laughs) that I can help you with? I'm just really interested in, as somebody who's seen Blue work the street, um, how he demonstrates his respect for his audience. Like, mm-hmm. what does he do? Like, what have you seen Blue do when somebody walks through his storytelling space and oh, is rude says, to him? Well, like, no, he'll just say, "Oh, somebody walks across my stage. That's interesting." Uh, I like. <laughs> and he'll just I keep, like him walking. And he'll just keep going with this. Notice what has happened, or he'll make a comments on yeah, yeah, yeah. people. Uh, so, so a woman goes. Buy perhaps with a baby and a baby <laughs> carriage, and I like and, these babies, man. And he'll turn away from his story and say, "Oh, look at the baby, everybody!" And, <laughs> and um, so, so, so he's interacting with everything that's going on around him while he's keep, he somehow he manages to keep the thread of the story and keep people's attention. But he, but he's also relating to the world and gets people to notice things that are happening around them while they're listening to his story. Many years ago, dear ones, I uh, I was invited to tell stories to children from all over the world here at Harvard. Well, what uh, here, you know, there are people from uh, cross-cultural. That's a great mix of people here from all over the world. And I was invited to a, a party for children around Christmas time that would be suitable for Hanukkah, for uh, whatever it is, the various... Uh, cultural uh, or religious uh, they packed they packed all the holidays into one yeah and the children some of them couldn't speak english speaking all kinds of language so i said i'm just going to be a tree full of lights so i came to this place and there were all these children many different colors it was it was like heaven and a lot of them couldn't even talk yet and i brought a bunch of stuff i brought a bunch of lights in here and and uh tinsel and i just stood there like a tree and they got the idea they started throwing tinsel 
they they got the idea that I was going to be the Christmas tree for all the world. So they come in, they they, they hung uh, bells on me and uh, balloons and and I and I talked some kind of made up language, you know, and they laughed and their laughter was the most beautiful sound. It was like bells, and, and that's when I really found out that uh, there's something which is pure happiness. Be with children when they're laughing, plus when they're very young, and they don't even know what language they're going to. Oh, there was a language that comes from love. You can just make sounds or make faces. and So you know, I love it so much. Uh, that was when I really got going here at the university. Now, I've been going, I've gone all over the world. Telling stories in Alaska to a dog in the snow. That dog, like, in Africa. I'll tell you something, folks. If you can ever go to Africa, get out there, get into the... They've got a big park there. It's like a jungle. It's been preserved. Well, this was in South Africa. South Africa, uh, yeah, where Mandela spent yeah. many years on Robben Island. And just to see those animals, oh, it's like, there's nothing like it. If you get some kind of reality, to see an elephant walking along, it's looking at a tree, it's a tall tree, and it wants something at the top of that tree. That elephant ain't going to climb that tree elephant will reach up with that trunk and pull and pull that tree down. It'll just bend. Get a few little nicest, nice things off that top of that tree and let it go and the tree just springs back up and the elephant just walks away. I mean, to see a lion, look, to see a male lion in heat very close to you and this lion is dreaming and the lion is making all kind of sounds, probably hunting you don't want to wake that lion up, but then you kind of want to. But you don't want him to jump into that jeep and eat up you and the jeep. That's just the greatest. I'll tell you, you get in touch with something, so it's the reality. You just want to, oh, to see a monkey. I'll tell you something, folks. You want to hear something sweet? You're riding along in a jeep, okay? <laughs> Over there in that jungle. And along comes a mama monkey. <laughs> with her babies, and they're picking berries. And in this Jeep, there's some women, Caucasian, very nice, refined women, and they're calling to the little monkey that's waiting to kind of lay, saying, come on, sweetie, come on, hurry up, come on. <laughs> they all become mamas. Hey, you know what a great thing, folks, is to watch a little bear swimming across the river. I swear, people just love well, I'm not going to get into it. Um, I'm going to. I'm thinking you, about Alaska. I, I could now. go off I'm myself. About Alaska now. No, I'm going to stop. I'm going to Br- stop. Brother Blue, I have been to Australia and the Great Barrier Reef, oh. and I have swam in the Great Barrier Reef. And I'm telling you, that yes. is that. Uh, as an ecologist, I have a BA in human ecology, and I have a master's yes. degree in environmental education. And yes. I, as an ecologist, that is the mecca of ecologists. That is the place yes. that all ecologists yes. must go before they die. Yeah. They must go to the Great Barrier Reef, and they must swim in the Great Barrier Reef, <laughs> and they must see it. Because until you've done it, you just if you have mm. it, it, it comes into your stories. Mm. It's a part of who you are. You know, it enriches that, that experience, you know? I know it's going to sound corny, folks. Huh. I always begin, everything I do, I, I kiss my Lady Ruth. She's my angel, you know. And before I leave, I kiss her. I figure that's how I get in touch with God, through that kiss. Is that corny? That's the way I am. I was going Fool to, that I am. Fool that I am. Okay. I was going to make a suggestion what? that you tell people about the slave chains and how you use Ooh, them. I hey, folks. Oh, I'm going to tell you this story. Listen, I came out of slavery. My grandfather was born a slave. Imagine that. And... Uh, my daddy used to talk about his daddy was born a slave. And the daddy of that daddy was a white man. Mm. He made love to some of his slave mistresses, and out of them came some people. I caught some of his blood on me, too. It's Irish and English. He always said, Blue, whatever you do, don't forget your people. we got to break these chains. Still on us. So I carry chains in my bag just to remind me. 
that I got work to do out there, sometimes with laughter, sometimes with dancing. I love to dance. And uh, I think nothing like climb on a tree to make a point, you know what I mean? Or to jump off a high tower. Yeah, I figure I was born in this world to help people. People say, how do you do it, Blue? Look, it's to God, for God, of God, from God. The reason I use that word, it's past any particular word. I'm out here to live to help people with my life. I don't care what it costs. I put my whole life out there, and luckily, I have this angel with me. Makes me makes me cut my toenails. You know the fellows. The average guy will not will not clean up his belly button. He makes me get that trash out. You know, the trash in the house and the trash on my body, <laughs> my belly button. He makes me brush my teeth, wash up, and eat a little food. Cause I ain't into eating food, y'all. I don't. I'm not into food at all. I want all I want to do is serve. That reminds me of an email that we received today from some people who we know in Canada who are coming to the States. Yeah. And he ends his message. He speaks to me about the trip and so forth. I'm reminding you to eat when your wife tells you to. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I'm going to tell you something, a little secret here. But I'm sitting down with people. I'm more interested in the person, their ideas, and in that food. The food is secondary. Somebody's talking. But I'm not going to use my I'm using I'm, I'm, I'm a it's like I want to feed this this body so I can go out there and do some good work so I can boogie, you know, sing and dance in the subway or in the snow. That's where I live, you know. I love so hard. Kind of crazy, but that's blue. So I'm going to back off. Now, Ruth, would you please carry forth because I'm so... Listen, darlings, when I was a little boy, I met an old man. I've always liked old folks with beards. He's a little boy... Let me give you some advice. Try to find somebody smarter than you because you got to outmarry yourself. Otherwise, you ain't did nothing. <laughs> you know, I follow that advice. <laughs> I came out of the ghetto, y'all. Came right up here to this university. I won't name it because I don't want to shame the name. And they got this model, Veritas. What does that mean, Ruth? Break it down. What do Veritas mean? Break it down. Truth. Yeah, to the live truth. And you know something, babies? When I saw Ruth, it was at a party. I saw I said, there's truth sitting across the floor from me. She's truth. And she's wearing them granny glasses. Look good on her, by the way. Got that catacol dress and them shoes librarians used to wear. She really is rain. Her hair natural. So I love this natural thing. And I got up. And I fell in love with the natural. She took me up the mountain fast. Y'all almost got the bends up there. Oxygen's so rare, you know. And she not jiving at all. She true. I fell in love with truth. She saved my life. Of course, she's good. The truth is the truth is the truth. Wasn't there? I mean, wrap that up really good. We we got I want to open up to other people in a second. If they want to ask questions, they're welcome to unmute themselves on star seven if they have a question yeah. for us. Um, but Brother Blue, <laughs> name someone who influenced you as a storyteller. Somebody early on in your life who who really got. I mean, the style you have is so open and free. Was there an example? Somebody we that it's going to sound corny. Don't 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 tell nobody I'm doing this because they're going to laugh at Blue. Ruth, I'll, I'll just make uh, one thing that I recall is uh, in the 1960s, so much was happening, yes. free form, so to speak. Yes. And uh, he went out in the Cambridge Common one Sunday afternoon. People were out there with dancing and drumming and face yeah, painting and yeah, all kinds yeah. of things. And he said, I think I'm going to do some storytelling. And he just started, and people gathered. And so he never had anybody that he was following in a way. He just started t- telling all of a sudden. <laughs> and then I suppose as he's, the more he's done it, the more his style has developed. It's like cosmic jazz. I'll I tell you what, and this is going to sound crazy. If I heard there was going to be a, a storm, a blizzard, I'd go, right in, I'd go right into that blizzard or that storm. 
say, I'm going to do something to the music of the storm or the wind. Now, back there in 78, I believe it was, they had this blizzard here. They stopped all the traffic at Harvest I remember Square. that. I remember huh? that. Mm-hmm. I went out there. I climbed a mountain of snow. They had stopped all traffic at Harvest Square. I climbed up on that mountain of snow at the kiosk, and I called Summer in. And I said, come on, Summer, we got this. Yeah, we can't. I am. I like to do. Listen, my darlings, I'm really serious about it. I got this thing in me. I guess I was eating, Lee. It's kind of a, it's kind of foolish, you know. It could be embarrassing, but it ain't me. I come in to do the work. I live. I stay up most of the night, walking the floor, wondering what I should do, how I should do it. You know, I used to a lot of stories at a convent. They used to invite me to a place here in. Boston, it was called the Top Light. There were these nuns, Carmelite nuns, mm-hmm. and they would invite me out there to conduct services for them. They're behind these bars, you know. Sequestered is the word. Sequestered, that's a nice word. I used to go out there every week and tell stories to the kids in the neighborhood, and the nuns would tape it and listen to this stuff. And I had one of the happiest times in my life. Oh, listen, darling, once upon a time, and still that way, Ruth would make bread. Wherever we'd go, we'd bring this bread, and we'd scatter it out there for the sparrows, you know. And we would feed the people, too. feed the people, yeah. they come down, and they, they knew that was good bread because they would come from all over the world. And you know, I got this lady, Ruth. She, she puts it in the bread. Her fingers bless that bread, y'all. It sounds crazy, but that's the way it is. I'm a climber. I like to climb, man. That's why I can relate to King Kong, climbing up that Empire State Building. I like to climb buildings myself. Take off. Brother Blue, when you're doing your, your street storytelling, you're really turning off any form of critic in terms of, of feeling criticized, in terms of oh. feeling vulnerable from other people. Is that true? Thank you so much for that question. Here's, here's what I do, dear ones. Here's what I do. Whenever I'm telling stories, I'm trying to help people. And I'll always find something as I'm responding to the telling. And we do a workshop here once a week at the Episcopal Divinity School. Uh, uh, what you call it? Um, a uh, field education. field education supervisor at Harvard Divinity School. One of them, one of them. Work, working with the students to get tell stories. What I always do is I will find something in that in their telling, that special gift they have, and I will encourage that person to do that. The way the universe works, pulls out a flower, it it pulls a flower by giving it the sunshine of appreciation. Everybody has some special thing, the seed of what they could do. So I'll find that and speak of that. That's how nature brings forth the flower out of the seed. You, you speak of the thing, that particular gift. Everybody has a unique gift. Everybody is the expression of the universe. Everybody is a story, a poem, or song. So I'll listen. I've heard thousands of stories all over the world. And I'll get to that particular thing, which is the seed in that person. That thing they can do like no one else. Everybody is unique. Everyone is a unique expression of the universe. So I'll find that. I'll hear it because I've heard thousands of stories in prisons, in hospitals, in, uh, in divinity schools, in colleges, and fields. That's what I'll do. I'll find that. And I'll bring that out with with the sunshine of uh, thanks and appreciation of that particular gift. Then that person will grow. I want to get to the seed of a human being, the idea. Does that do I make sense here now? Mm-hmm. And I can generally see it because I've been around for so long. You know, it's like a dog. Babies. That that particular doctor knows babies. Well, I kind of I've heard so many. I've heard thousands of stories from all over the world. And I can hear a person tell a story, and I can find that, generally, I can find that thing in that person that is unique, that is wonderful, and I encourage it. That's how nature encourages the flowering of a human being, or that's how from the seed. I want to get inside the seed mm-hmm. that contains that particular unique gift in that human being. Everyone is a unique expression of the universe, living stories. So do you, you can coach, look at them and see, you know. Do you coach them. storytellers sometimes, Brother Blue? Do you actually coach people? Oh, I do a lot of that, yeah. I, I try to do it in a way like, for instance, um, you've heard Ruth on the phone. Folks, you've heard my wife, Ruth, out there? Yes, yes. 
Now, if she, she doesn't have to speak. When she stands up, you look at her. It's like looking at truth. It is, she doesn't have to make any gestures or speak any words because she is so totally real. It's but true. not in the strict sense of coaching the way we think of it, no. of hearing a story and having someone say, oh, you can do this or you no. can do that or take, no. or change. So not in that in the sense of in the way people usually think of the word coaching. Yeah. But coaching, I, says, I guess, essentially... Uh, as being supportive of somebody yeah. and encourage them and uh, helping them uh, in uh. that way. Yeah. Okay, little example. Can I, can I jump in here for a second? This is yeah, Bob. Yeah. Go ahead, Bob. And speak up, uh, by the way, because I don't hear like I used to. Go on. Okay. Hello, uh, Blue and, and Ruth. This is uh, this is Bob and, and, and Liz in New Mexico. And and and. Uh, okay. Apropos of, uh, we spent a night at Mike Myers' house with Mary Carter oh. Smith years ago. Oh, one of my favorite people in the yeah, world. With, with Mary Carter Smith, yeah, when he had a day for Sam's and. That's right, and and I wanted to say something about that 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 coaching question because I was just yes. talking about Blue to uh, to someone here in New Mexico last week. Yeah. And I was remembering two days for Sam, and and oh, Blue yeah. sitting in the front row of the tent. From morning till evening, without encouraging every single teller who came, and mm-hmm. and I've never I've never forgotten that. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, that's you know that's that's coaching just by being there and and encouraging. And, and it, yeah, uh, yeah, he's good at that. that. Excuse the language. Listen, folks, that's going to sound corny. I listen to everybody as though God is every storyteller. I'm listening to God, like it's like God talking through that person. I listen with my whole with my whole being. I'm listening. When I walk in, like, I may have a lot of storytelling for people in prisons. If I go to a prison, I may be talking to a murderer or a rapist or whatever. Before I go, or a skin who doesn't even want to see a black person. Before I talk to him as though God is in that person listening, past all the externals. And I try to do it in such a way that that person, for instance, if that person is sitting down, I'll sit down. I come to that person, listen to that person to everything in between the lines, the story this person never told with the absolute love which I can't explain. And very often that person will say something like, everybody out here, I don't want anybody here but Blue and his lady. I'm going to talk to him he's like, he's like he's my priest. Or if, say it's a Muslim. Everybody out of here, I just want to share this with Blue and his lady, and they'll hand me something wrapped in beautiful silk, the Quran. It's a Muslim. I say, you can look at it, because this person knows. I'm, I'm, t- I'm looking at that person, listening to that person, as though there's God coming through that person. And it is. It is coming through that person. And I come in there with that idea, and mostly, folks, I'll, I'll tell you something. This is very deep now. I suggest, here's, what I, here's how I begin every day. Every day for many years now, I get up and I'm walking in the dark to the kitchen to a window that faces the east because I want to see the sunrise. I'm going to help the sun get up. And I have a little communion cup. It's been anointed and blessed. And I drink a little water. It turns to wine in my mouth. I might eat one grazing or a little grape or piece of bread. And when the sun is rising, I'm on my knees and give me a story, something for the people, some portrait, or bless them because they're hungry, they're dying, they're crying. And something will come to me. And I take it into my soul and I go in the street, eat it. Many times at Harvard Square, after my classes at the university, after I've read all those great theologians, I'll take it in and I'll. Break it down so the people without the teeth can gum it. The lost, the wanderers, the mendicants holding cups in the street where it's very funky out there and give them my soul. So I do it. When I get through, I'm t- and generally, guess who's sitting out there with me? My lady Ruth. Truth, come on. That's how I live, you know. But if you do this, guess what, folks? There's a happiness. That no words can express. You, you, 
it's like, very often it's like, how can I put it? You're risking everything out there. They can laugh, but I'll tell you something. Never, never has anything blown me off the corner. Because I'm under the power. I'm under the power. You can know it. Now, these nuns, they used to go, and I used to go out to this tot lot. The nuns, they very often have special services. They would invite me there. They're behind the bars. And I'm holding service. I better do it under the power. The power of something that's past all mortal understanding, more. I say it again, I'm going to repeat it. Storytelling is to God, for God, of God, from God. And I'll tell stories to a dog. I like to have animals around, by the way. I love, and a kitty, oh, come on. Horse, oh, come on. I was just going to throw in an additional comment about walking down the street with blues. So you see him uh, meet somebody who's begging, and he'll stop and talk with them, even though he may not put anything in the cup, but have a little meet someone, a Harvard professor, and have a, a little conversation. And then he'll walk a little further and meet a beautiful woman and have a little conversation. So I've threatened never to walk down the street with him because it just takes too long. Can't get anywhere. Hey, you fellows out there, I'm going to tell you something. I got it from an old man when I was a little boy. I'm going to repeat it. Listen, folk, you fellows. Try to marry somebody smarter than you, because you ain't did nothing unless you, unless you out-marry yourself. I took his advice, and I met Ruth. Okay, Ruth, what the, University, what's, yeah. the, uh, what's the offer that Brother Blue, we have for Brother Blue today? Okay, well, it's an invitation to come to the weekly storytelling that Brother Blue hosts. He's been doing it for, I think, almost 15 years, every week. And just occasionally, if there's a holiday uh, like Christmas and we're not able to do it. But other than that, it's been going every single week for 15 years or so. You know, nice 76. So, um, may I continue? Oh, yes, yeah, dear. yeah. I've I? learned I've learned not to step on your lines. I have that respect. <laughs> but but um, every blue host storytelling every single week, and we meet at Episcopal Divinity School in Cambridge, Massachusetts in Cheryl Hall, the library building. So for about an hour and a half, beginning at 7 o'clock, we have open telling, and then we usually have a feature after our break who goes 30 or 40 minutes. And then occasionally I just do completely open telling. So if you can make it, please come. You'll have a wonderful time. Is it I on know his, you will. Is it on his website? Um, I think it is. So I forget what's on his website. I know what that is. Been doing it's it. www.brotherblue.com. <laughs> That's the website, yes. And I'll have it on the show notes on the website. Um, Brother Blue, uh, we're running out of time, so I wanted to give you the opportunity uh, to have the sort of like, you know, anything you'd like to, you know, a thousand storytellers are going to listen to this podcast. What would you like them to know about storytelling? What would you like to to leave the national, international storytelling movement with? Your final words to all storytellers out there. I don't want to be. I don't want to embarrass people. The kind of things I say sound foolish come out of my. I'm just letting it come through me. I'm not wise enough. I live for one reason. It's going to sound crazy. I'm living. I'm trying to live the story, do the work to lift people. The human race from long ago has been waiting and listening for somebody to help to heal the broken heart of the world, especially in these times. What can I do? I did some storytelling today out under the sky, you know. What can we do in our storytelling? How can we tell these stories? You have to be the story. The incarnation of, I use the word love, but it's not sticky love. You can love the person that hates you. The skin of the head doesn't even want to see you. You approach that person with such understanding with the help of something past your personal say, every bit out of here, but I want Blue to hear this. And this person will speak to you as though you're God. 
It's like it's God to God. I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to throw Storytelling is God to God, y'all. I'm going to throw in one more thing. I'm in the kitchen on the extension phone, and I picked up a piece of paper in case I wanted to write some notes, and I saw that Brother Blue had written the word truthin. T-R-U-T-H-I-N apostrophe. That's good stuff. Truthin, man. That's real. You know what I like, folks? Down-to-earth people. I think everybody out there is anointed. We're all anointed. Some answer the call. The street is a whole. The street is my cathedral, my church, my library, my book. It's everything. Poetry. And they're all angels out there walking that street. How do you talk to angels? Come on. How do you talk to angels? <laughs> I'm down on this thing. You dance down a little bit. Down on your knees, man. Of down course. I like dogs. I like dogs a lot, man. I like junkyard dog because that's what I am basically a junkyard dog. Now, Ruth, she. I'm just laughing at that one. I know Ruth. Ruth's my kiss, you know, because that's what that's my return. I get a little little kiss for her, from her for the Well, hey, I want to ask you people out there, if you, do you consider yourself in the league of the great lovers of all time? Do you think you think you fit in there with the great lovers of all time, like? Anthony and Cleopatra, you know, can you fit in there with those people, you know, like the great lovers of all time, like the Marys? <laughs> Could you fit in with that? Do you figure you're one of the classical lovers of all time? Then we can relate, you know. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I'm acting a fool. No, I really do want the world to know that uh, I'm very lucky that... Uh, Ruth came into my life, and she straightened me out because she's down to earth. She's truth. The most wonderful thing in the world is truth, looking at you. So well, Brother I'm going to let Eric get in one one last time, but also to say I, like I, ha- I have not straightened him out. It's a long-term proposition, and I'm still working on it. <laughs> okay, Eric, get well, yours. Let me, let me do my little end wrap here. Yes, Eric? Just, yeah? What? This is go. Liz. Can I can I just say one thing real quickly? Yeah, go ahead. This is Liz in New Mexico. Liz with Bob, and um, I just want to express that I, I feel full of love right now, just listening oh. to you, Brother Blue, because mm. you're such an inspiration. Oh, and, really? And and really, the world. Um, I just feel like my life has been filled with richness right now, listening to you, to your spirit, to your love for storytelling, mm. to to mm. your your way of making this your offering to the world. And and um it's a true inspiration and, and I and, and I just wanted to let you know that. And and thank you so much and thank you for being in the world in my world and in all of our worlds. And um and you're a true gift. So thank you, Brother Blue, and keep doing what you do because you do it so beautifully. And and um, I can't wait to be in Massachusetts sometime when I can be at uh, one of your weekly storytelling gatherings. And that's all I want to say. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> With a kiss. Here's the thing. I want everyone out there to know that I think that if you live within five hours of Boston, I think it's worth your time to drive to Boston to yes. spend the night at a hotel and uh-huh. and see the evening performance, the Tuesday evening oh, performance yeah. of what's going on. I think it's worth your time, and I think you should do it. If it means you rent a car and you stay at yeah, a friend's flat, you, you should do it. If it means you, you drive there and can't afford a hotel and you drive back that night you should do it you know these things are short life is sweet it's 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 a beautiful kiss it's a, it's a butterfly and then it's yeah. gone so seize this moment you know and and on that one of the things that brother blue said tonight that really affected me that means a lot to me is is i tell stories i tell stories because the spirit calls me to and oh. if i'm doing a performance one of the first yeah. things that people ask you going to school, what are you going to tell? And I'll say, well, I'm going to tell this and this because I promised I would. Mm. But I don't know what else I'm going to tell until I get up there. And they get a little nervous. They say, no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. It's all going to be safe for the kids. It's going to be great. You're going to love it. But you've got to mm. know that I'm going to listen to what the kids need. I'm going to tell what they need. Mm. And I, I just want you as a storyteller, you the listener right now, I want you to know that you have the power to fill that need. 
that you have the power to represent that spirit that is more than your audience and more than you, mm. and it's something beautiful. And I hope that you take the moment to be still in yourself and to answer that voice that is so quiet inside, that is as silent as Blue says, as a butterfly's kiss, that is so sweet and so kind. I hope that you can be. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Right. I I bow three times to you, Blue. I bow three (laughs) times to you. Um, And as we're going out here, that even though Ida Junker, in the Storytelling Network East in Stockholm, Sweden, who's sitting right now underneath a tree in the old town square, stops telling her story in mid-sentence and looks at me in astonishment, is Eric James Wolf, And you are listening to <laughs> Brother Wolf and Brother Blue and Ruth Hill on the art of storytelling with children. Thank you so much for listening. It's forever, my friend, forever. This guest has written a post for the blog at www.storytellingwithchildren.com. You can make a comment or ask a question in the blog comment box about this discussion. If you wish to join a future discussion live on the call, go to www.storytellingwithchildren.com and sign up to the email alerts to receive future notices of shows. This show was conceived, hosted, and produced by me, Eric Wolf. And to support the show, you may learn more about my storytelling work by going to www.ericwolf.org. The music was created by Mary Kay Croft, and we are much indebted to her contribution. This podcast is the responsibility of Brother Wolf Storytelling and is distributed under a Creative Commons non-derivative license. That means you can copy it and give it away, but you can't edit it or sell it. Thank you so much for listening. As my granddad told